and welcome to Doing Disasters Differently, the podcast with Renee Hanvin, which is all about inspiring you to start thinking and doing disasters a little bit differently too. In this episode, I'm talking with Susan Gray. She's the president of the Tilbury District Chamber of Commerce in the southern region of New South Wales and the owner of the main pub in Tilbury. And we're talking about a business owner hit by disaster. So a little bit about Susan. Susan and her husband bought the Drome Dairy Hotel in central Tilbury almost exactly three years ago. Susan spent around half the year traveling around the world for work. Prior to being an airport consultant, Susan was a journalist and editor, and then a corporate communications and business development director with a major global food operator, while her partner was the CEO of a global media business. They both have a lot of business experience, and the pub that they now own is managed by family and trusted locals. Susan's originally from the UK, and her partner is from Wollongong, but his dad grew up in Turos Head on the south coast of New South Wales, so they knew the area a little bit before they bought the pub. So I always like to start with where we met. Well, I first met Susan when we were reaching out to potential collaborators in a grant application that C2C was submitting under the New South Wales Bushfire Community Recovery and Resilience Fund. And the grant was to help build capabilities of businesses and business chambers to become more resilient to future disasters. I'm really excited to share that we won the grant and we're starting to activate it now. Susan's been really receptive and supportive of the project both in the application phase, as well as currently as we move into delivering the project within her region. As president of a business chamber in one of the bushfire affected areas of New South Wales, Susan has been helping the businesses in Tilba through a year of compound disasters with bushfires, floods and COVID-19. Owner of the local pub in this tiny historic town, Susan has first-hand experience of how businesses can be impacted by disasters, both directly and indirectly. Tilba is one of New South Wales' perfectly preserved heritage villages and a great base when exploring the beautiful South Coast. It's also host to the famous ABC Cheese Factory, one of the 50 plus businesses that base themselves in this beautiful location. Really great to chat with you today, Susan, on such an important angle um, relating to your experience and to share it with others. So can I start with, tell us about the town of Tilba and the business that you run there. Yeah, um, Tilba is, uh, Tilba Tilba and Central Tilba are uh, two small towns that uh, sit at the base of Mother Gulaga, which is a very dramatic and picturesque mountain that um, kind of looks over all of Yerubadalashire and, and Bigashire. Um, it's a very, very pretty place. Um, and the town, it's the town itself. Both towns are all are both in a heritage area, so they're they're it, both in conservation areas. They're heritage listed, so most of the properties are either over a hundred years old or look like they would be over a hundred years old. Um, it's a very authentic um, and very beautiful area. The business we run, the Dromedary Hotel, is a, a double height building right in the centre of town, so it's a very prominent. Uh, business both as both in its function as the pub um, and also as as a sort of really as a heart of the community it's really somewhere that everybody comes and and meets and um, is a real meeting place for the town so it's we we have become quite a hub um, within the town since we've had the pub which is about three years this month actually. Absolutely. And given what your community has been through in the past couple of years, the pub, no doubt, would have been absolutely epicentre of uh, people and connections and many other things, I'm sure. So how did you then come to be president of the Tilba District Chamber of Commerce? 
Um, well, um, sort of by accident, um, we um, we actually have our own uh, business that we, and we, we usually travel a lot um, through the year. Um, this year, obviously, for the last year or so, we've actually been pretty much grounded. So we've been unable to do all that uh, international travel. Um, and as a result, you know, we, there's been real pros and cons um, uh, to, you know, first the bushfires and then coronavirus. Um, but one of the real posit positives that has come out of it for us has been our ability to spend a lot more time uh, both at the pub and within the community. And uh, when we realised that we were going to be a bit more available and have a bit more bandwidth, uh, we really saw it as an opportunity to get even more involved. And we thought, well, if we were going to become um, really uh, involved in the chamber, this was the year to do it. Um, so my husband and I um, uh, subsequently did become more involved and, and uh, by, somehow I ended up as the, as the president. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, lucky Tilva and businesses in Tilva, because the expertise that you and your husband bring, obviously in communications and business development, et cetera, will just bring such a great um, new approach and capabilities that, bringing your capabilities into the, into the town obviously also supports others to be um, around those capabilities and organically learn from those capabilities too. So there's a wonderful opportunity for the, um, the skill sets to build just by organically having you there more. So um, I guess that might change if we get to start travelling again one day. Now, um, as a business owner and leader in your community, what do you feel are the biggest blockers to businesses getting the help they need before, during and after disasters? Um, I think one of the the challenges that we have as a not not just Tilbury, this is something that is um, throughout all of the south coast, I think, and other regions as well. I'm sure is that there's a lot of uh, people who run businesses there who have been there a long time, or who uh, have maybe bought businesses there because they wanted um, a certain lifestyle that they were buying into, um, and and that's all. Um, you know, in the good times, that that's great. But when things get quite tough, um, I think one of the challenges we've had is that there isn't, you know, sometimes that level of sophistication in uh, in terms of running their businesses. So, you know, when they've had to respond to um, big big challenges, they they're not always equipped uh, to deal with them. So, I think one of the challenges we have had is is just, you know, um, their lack of experience of the community. It's, it's a bit uncharted territory for them, um, and. And, um, you know, we, we've had some really amazing, uh, you know, huge challenges uh, thrown at us, which, you know, nobody would, you know, arguably ever be equipped to deal with. But they have been quite huge. You know, we've had first the bushfires, then we've had COVID. And then through that, we've had this bizarre situation where we've just had this incredible growth um, with this huge influx of tourism. So uh, a real kind of schizophrenic sort of existence um, and, and very difficult for people to respond to. Um, I think the other challenge that we have um, as a community is access to um, the right resources and people because they're, they're not really immediate uh, responses, but their um, they're, they're sort of subsequent impact is that we've had this huge influx of tourism. Um, we've had this huge kind of popularity of, of the area driving housing demand, for example, people moving to the area. Um, and one of the things that's done is that it's made it very difficult to get good, um, reliable, skilled staff um largely in hospitality but actually across the board and now as a as a consequence of what we've been through um the whole region is really struggling to attract really good people and keep them um even if they can attract the good people there's nowhere for them to live so um that's sort of one of the challenges we're having is just finding the support uh to try and kind of solve some of those problems 
It's so interesting, isn't it? Because um, I've been in the disaster space for over a decade now. And, you know, it's the direct and indirect consequences of disasters. So, again, the community can be directly impacted like your community has or indirectly impacted. But then it's the snowballing effect of all the other compounding issues as well that can actually impact the community more than the actual disaster itself. In Victoria as well, lots of the communities um, around uh, East Gippsland that are having the same problem in the sense that they can't service the uh, uh, growth of uh, visitors which they need to to enable them to help um, recover because there are no people to be able to afford to live there and go there to deliver the services but hopefully there's some solutions that can be found in the coming um, weeks so business chambers so I'm going to be honest when someone says a business chamber to me it's usually pale stale male and likely with a bit of a political kind of edge to it I'm not saying all business chambers by any means but certainly there's a fair few out there so what's the best thing about being part of a business chamber in Tilba? Well, it's really funny you should say that, actually, because I think, you know, I sort of ended up as president of the chamber. And I think it partly, um, even though I'm very well travelled and very um, long in the tooth in some ways, I think I was uh, largely naive of, of many of those things you just mentioned. But um, that was probably a good thing because I'm not burdened uh, too much by that. Um, we've got, um, just as an aside, we've got a committee of seven in our um in our chamber and five of them are women. Um, our president, our treasurer and our secretary are all uh, women. Um, and uh, we've really, um, I think in the last six months really made a difference. Um, the chamber was 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 doing, was, was you know, was, was moving along, doing its thing, um, trying very hard. Um, but I think the times have changed so much and the area and the town has changed so much and the conditions that we're all operating in have changed so much. So I think having these new uh, personalities, all these new skill sets, these new ideas and new enthusiasm um, has really, uh, really changed the nature of the chamber and, um, and how we all work together. And I think that's actually been the best part about being uh, part of the chamber is actually we, we're already community members but we've really all sort of strengthened those relationships and become a real team. And I think if you become a real team, you can get a lot more done. Oh, 100%. You're so much stronger working together. And I have to say, I'm really excited about what you're leading and driving and the conversations that we've had in Tilbury. And I can't wait to see and hear more and help as much as possible in terms of evolving it in the community as well. Because, you know, I think business chambers have such a a uh, big opportunity to play a really vital role in communities before, during and after. And, you know, chambers are about connecting and building connections in businesses, then support connections in communities. So, yeah, really excited to be seeing what's happening in Tilbury and hopefully sharing lots more in the future. So as a business chamber, and you mentioned you've got six on your team, so obviously, or your um, your committee, et cetera. So what's the biggest challenges for you then um, that you face as a business chamber? Um, I think our our physical size um, is a bit of a limitation in the sense that, you know, we're a very small town um, with a very small number of businesses. Um, so, I mean, one of the things we did when I uh, went at, at the same time as me coming in as president, we that we had some changes to the constitution and we added associate members. And the reason we did that was in order to be able to access um other resources, frankly, um, so be to, so that people who were local but not necessarily business owners in Bait Street, which is the main street through Tilba, um, could still um, sort of legitimately participate in the chamber. 
Um, so that sort of opened it up to be able to include, you know, people who are maybe civil servants or lawyers or accountants who live live locally, um, but aren't really active businesses, um, or maybe are retired, but still have a lot to give. So we're hoping that that will, will help us. But, you know, certainly our physical size uh, means that our kind of the pool we're fishing in is quite small. Um, and also, uh, also by definition, then that sort of group of professional sort of reliable engaged people um, but I, I think that will change and is changing um, and the other thing is resources um, which is, is a related point it's quite hard to find um, people who have the time um, but also the skill set to be able to actually help us drive some of these initiatives that we want to do uh, when we're such a small community. Yeah, definitely. And again, I'm super excited about talking about that further because one of the other grant projects we won is in the Blue Mountains where we're helping them um, evolve a regional business chamber structure. So they've got 11 little business chambers, probably some similar size to Tilba and again, trying to identify the value in some systems and processes and set up through engagement and whatnot that can help them and obviously not take away by any means that local, local um, level, but again, take away some of the administrative um, needs and um, time and costs to enable, you know, I guess that sort of thing to happen at a bit higher level that can facilitate more great volunteer and um, input being um, achieved at the really local level. So there might be opportunity we can obviously see if that works for yours as well. Now, um, we obviously connected when we were reaching out to some business chambers because we were applying for some grants with the New South Wales Bushfire uh, Recovery and Resilience Program. So we've had a bit of a few conversations about this in the past, but what was your experience applying for the grants following, uh, following the bushfires? Well, I had never done anything like this before. Um, I mean, I come from a background of business development, so I've done plenty. I've written plenty of tenders and and responded to plenty of tenders. So, from that point of view, an RFP process, an EOI process, is is way is very familiar to me. But I've never uh, done a grant application before. Um, so I, I found the process quite um, onerous. I, I I did find that there. I, I thought that there was a lot of unnecessary repetition and information that um, that was that was requested. Um, obviously, I understand that they need to be very thorough and um, have good governance around them. But uh, I just felt like some of it seemed rather superfluous. But um, uh, and, the, and the other thing was that I felt like the process was very rushed. Uh, and I still feel like that a little bit. I, I completely understand that there's a, uh, an emphasis on, you know, expediting these grants quickly. But actually going through that grant process and having that deadline um, was actually a lot of pressure uh, on people who are volunteers um, and, and, and are actually trying to fit this around their, you know, in my case, I run two companies and many of our chamber members do as well. Um, and it was just, it was a very difficult process and just in, in the sheer volume of, of work that had to be done. Um, so I think, I thought the timing was rushed because it also rushed the thinking. Um, it wasn't so much the doing, it was actually the the thinking around what are we actually you know what do we what do we really want this money for what do we want uh you know what do we want to get out of this process and you know it, it was a useful process to do but I felt it was a bit hurried yeah I think we've had that from so many communities as well in the sense that they almost needed help to facilitate the potential of ideas that would be the outcomes they wanted to then identify um, the grant projects that they could um, submit to deliver to all or some of it as well. So I guess it's it's hopefully a process that will get a review at a state and a federal level. And I know um, the new uh, National Recovery and Resilience Agency, it's definitely something that um, we've proposed to them as well. 
um, because I think there was so much pressure on having to apply for these grants because otherwise you'll miss out on the money. So sometimes there were applications just almost for the sake of applications mm. because people felt like, well, if I don't put something in, then I'm not going to get, um, you know, I'm going to miss out on the on the pie. But then now many communities have won, you know, some of these grants and they're a bit like, well, I don't actually know if this is what we really need to do, but now we need to do it. So it's kind of a, it's one of those wicked problems, I guess. Um, now you, when we were talking to you about submitting for the grant application, you were also working on an application, which we're really excited to hear that you won as well to create a strategic plan, um, for the Tilba district. So tell me a little bit more about that and what benefits it's going to bring. Yes, we are. We're very, very excited about this. Um, as, as I mentioned, Tilba is a small place, um, but I have always felt, um, that it really punches above its weight in terms of impact, um, on on the, the whole of the south coast but also particularly within the shire um, but we sit right at the bottom of the shire almost on the border with a bigger shire um, you know there are other uh, bigger uh, louder um, and frankly more more significant and important locations within the shire like Batemans Bay, Maruya, Naruma um, who who have historically I guess had a bit more attention um, and and we feel um, and have felt since we've been in Tilba for the last three years that that um, Tilba probably deserved now and it may not have done in the past but now was the time to give it a bit more focus in terms of um, you know looking forward and what, what was important for us as a community and as a town in the future and there was nothing really in place and the other thing as a president of a chamber a new incoming president there were a lot of very micro issues uh, that were being picked up and tried uh, to uh, talk to certain stakeholders and and we weren't getting much cut through because they were micro issues um, and I, I felt like we needed to take a step back and really have some clarity over what was really important to us what were the issues that we really wanted to take forward and we, what were the ones that we really don't need to be dying in a ditch over and the only way to do that was to um, to put together a, a, a what I call a strategic plan I mean it's it could be a, it's a community plan a strategic plan a um, you know, a master plan, but it's essentially an exercise that Tilba has never really done before, which is what, who are we and what, what do we want to be when we grow up? Um, uh, because we are, you know, Yerubadala Shah is doing a fantastic job of, you know, promoting the region from a tourism perspective. We've got fantastic nature walks. We've got fantastic community um, cafes and shops and, um, you know, a fa fantastic famous dairy. The people are coming and they're going to keep coming um, to live and to work um, and, and, and to visit. But we need to manage that development and that growth, because if we don't take control of that, um, then we'll, 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 we will never have control of it. So I felt the time was really right for us to be doing that. So when the, the opportunity for a grant came up, I was, I was really, I was really, I really strongly felt that that was a really important piece of work that we could legitimately ask for, for money to, to undertake. So we were really excited to get that uh, money. And now, now we've, uh, now we've got to do something about it. So that's the, that's the scary <laughs> next 12 months or so is, uh, Again, it's not too long, um, you know, to, to execute all of these. We've got to acquit all these grants, grant money now. So, um, you know, very exciting, but also a little bit daunting, if, I, if I'm honest. Yeah, 100%. But don't, you know, don't worry. There's others out there who can help you um, along yeah. the way as well. And I think what I love about projects like that, and it's so exciting that they get funded too, is that it gives you an opportunity to have the conversation as a community about reimagining Tilba. So let's reimagine what it can be and what we need it to be, which, again, when you're looking to build resilience and and go through the recovery process as much as they say or you know we'll recover and 
it'll get back to normal. Sometimes you don't want that and you don't need that. You need it to be something else. So, you know, that's a really exciting project um, to be working on. And again, really looking forward to hearing more about it and seeing where we can help you. So can I ask you, for your teeny tiny business chamber that seems to have an amazing president, where are you going to be in five years' time? Well, I'm really hoping this is the sort of beginning of, of um, a little bit of a, an evolution of, of Tilba in terms of the, the sophistication of our approach to, um, to the community, to the business community and, and, and to the area. Uh, I feel like we're laying some really good foundations at the moment to create something that's a really solid um, a, a really solid chamber that can give us some really good roots to to start. You know, we, we're planting some really good roots to grow. We, we're already um, a very different chamber to the one we were a year ago. There's a lot of uh, really interested, engaged, clever people in the area who are now much more active in the chamber than they than they were before. Um, and I, I just want more of the same, really. I want I want to be able to demonstrate that we're really adding value and and by doing that, attract more um, more of the same to the to the to the chamber so that we can, um, you know, really leverage this strategic plan, because, you know, hopefully this time next year, you know, we'll, we'll have this fantastic uh, document that, that you know, has got really tangible things in it that we can start delivering. Um, and we, we, you know, we need a chamber that can, um, that can you know, take, take that and, and deliver it. So that's my hope for the chamber is that, that we're, um, we're strong and, and cohesive and the real glue that binds the community together. Well, I think you're definitely stepping in the right direction and what a, um, a great leadership role that you're playing, you and your husband are playing in the community as well. Now, I always um, finish up with the same question. Can I ask you, what would be the two things you'd like to be done differently in the disaster space? It's a, a bit of a, a difficult question. Um, I think uh, I think we understanding where we can get helpful help Um and and I don't mean for this to sound I don't mean to sound ungrateful because I cannot believe um, the amount of um, assistance support uh, funding um, that is out there. Uh, you know, coming from the UK, well, I just don't think this. You know, I'm I'm blown away honestly by uh, the amount of support that is available. But just sort of understanding how to access it. Um, having a, a bit more clarity around what's out there um, and being able to, you know, really uh, get help that's that's really that we can really apply on a day to day basis to our businesses. So there's a lot of people providing a lot of, um, I don't know, theoretical support, but, you know, actually practically um, helping us. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense, but that that's um that's what we need it no it 100% does and I have to say um we are working on something behind the scenes which actually fills that gap that gap in um building capabilities in everyday business as usual as opposed to the myriad of things that are being thrown at you from a million miles um an hour and I think um very much the approach from the toolkit project which is the grant that we won and will be um coming out to talk to you face to face as soon as we can leave our house in uh Melbourne um is exactly that is practical ways of building resilience and preparedness and um you know evolving the recovery as well because it's great that people can have 
have, you know, 40-page business continuity plans and tell you what you need to do, but people need to be shown how to do it and it needs to be ways that are um, relevant and appropriate for, you know, all types of businesses, including those open seven days a week, those open nights, those open business hours, et cetera. Susan, it's been so lovely to chat with you. I have to say you're the first business owner. I can't believe we're up to about episode 20 something and you're the first small business owner um, that I've had on. I've been talking with Susan Gray. She's the president of the Tilba District Chamber of Commerce in the southern region of beautiful New South Wales and also the owner of the main pub in Tilba. And we've been talking about a business owner hit by disaster. Susan, thanks so much. And I'm going to come up and have a wine. (laughs) You're most welcome. Anytime. Thanks, Susan. Bye. That's the end of this episode of Doing Disasters Differently, the podcast, which I hope you found to be relevant, informative and inspiring. If you're interested in participating in the conversation or to connect with me personally, please visit corporate2community.com. Until the next episode, stay safe and remember we all have a role to play in thinking differently and doing differently before, during and after disasters.